0: Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo is providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co that is one more time, P O D G O dot CO, podgo dot co.
1: The upcoming presentation is a two man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two man power trip. Hey, Johnny, cool, man. What's going on? Are we ready to go or what?
0: Okay. Okay. Uh. Joining us on the line right now is a former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, a former Ring of Honor Television Champion, Tag Team Champion, and Six-Man Champion. He's done it all, Mr. Matt Taven. Matt, welcome in to the Two-Man Power Trip.
1: Thank you so much for having me. What an intro. I uh, Sometimes, you know, you forget all your accolades. So it's, it's nice to hear them back every once in a while.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, that's a pretty good resume. I mean, ROH has always had... Huge stars and huge names, but I mean, that resume hard to compete with.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, th- there'll be plenty of people on the internet that try to take my accomplishments away. But, uh, you know, as long as they're written down in the history books forever, there's only so much they can do.
0: Very true. It is pretty uh, remarkable, though, the, uh, the Grand Slam champion. Not too many of those around.
1: Uh, you know, it- it's it's funny because I, I always grew up... Um, I grew up a wrestling fan, obviously, but I always grew up a big fan of those guys that came up the ranks and was, you know, tag champ. And then they were intercontinental or television or U.S. champ. And then finally they made it to the world title. So to see kind of my career come full circle like that, I think, is not just for me personally, a goal of mine, but for, you know, young uh, six-year-old Matt Taven, uh probably the exact way he wanted it to go down
0: the bret hart Shawn michaels type right they worked their way up to the system and they become a the man
1: a, that's exactly what i was thinking about i mean on i was a giant bret hart fan as a kid and a Shawn michaels fan as well and you know i can remember like when brett finally won i can remember when he won the intercontinental title thinking like since my guy he's doing it but when he finally won the world title it was like you know you watched him come all the way up the ranks and uh it's almost like you know you were part of the journey so to see kind of, you know, me personally uh, have all these different milestones leading to the world title is uh, is very much kind of how I envisioned it the the entire time or how I always kind of picture my, my career going as I was uh, fantasizing about it as a kid, probably destroying all the furniture in my parents' house.
0: <laughs> but it is great to kind of follow that journey and, and you really kind of relate to the guy, you know, he's... He, Fights its way from the bottom all the way to the top. Of course,
1: of course, and you know I think there's plenty of people that have seen that with with my career, um, and and especially the people that have seen it come from the independent scene, coming out of New England to to where I am now. It's it's been a it's definitely been a journey, and uh, it's definitely been a grind from the very beginning. You know, nothing was ever handed to me. So um, when when you Almost, you know, question what's next or what you're doing with your career. You can look back on these things and I'm like, hey, look at everything I've accomplished and how I, I really earned all that. Um, so if there's anything, you know, that that I might be thinking is on the horizon, I can obviously accomplish because I got this far uh, with just basically putting in the effort from the very beginning.
0: Now today I just wanted to talk about the Big Best in the World Pay-Per-View 711 coming up on a Sunday. You uh just had a nice little uh message out there for uh, Vincent. Tell him uh you know give the old um giant line to Kevin Nash. All you got to do is show up.
1: <laughs> uh you know it's 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 one of those things where Man, this thing has been going on for so long now. Uh, to to even go back to you know what we were talking about before, I, I go and I look at pictures of Madison Square Garden, and I come down off the ladder, and there's Vincent, he's or Vinny as I know him, you know one of the first people to hug me and, and congratulate me and to think about all that we had been through together as, as a team and even just as friends on the new England Independence scene coming up and branching out from there. Um, we, we built this, these memories with one another and it's come to the point where now when I look back at that stuff, all that stuff is, is tainted. It's uh, it very much has like a, a scar on it because there's, there's Vinny in all those pictures, and I know what's about to come now, obviously. Um, you know, Madison Square Garden celebrating in the ring with a, a guy that I thought was one of my closest friends only for eight months later to be cut <laughs> across the forehead with an axe uh, by that same person. Is It's it's kind of, I don't know, it's a, it's a little bit... Um, Man, it sends a real shiver down your spine when you kind of go back and, and look at some things knowing what's about to come. And so for the past two years, I felt like I've been dealing with this, this issue, this, this problem, I would even call it. But I mean, it's, it's literally betrayal. It's my best friend stabbing me in the back. And for the past two years, I've been trying to figure out a way to, to move on, to get past it, to get back to, you know, world champion Matt Davin, and, uh, I, I cannot seem to get there. So at this point, there's really no reason to plan reason to ask for certain things. It's just kind of like, um, you know, show up and, uh, I'm hoping that I have a, uh, I'm hoping I have a solution to uh, what's been the the worst two years of my career.
0: What are the plans for the pay per view? Or you don't want to reveal? Is going to be a kind of a little bit of secret of why you know or what you're going to do during this confrontation?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say anything more just because I don't want Vincent to come in there with with a plan of of trying to do certain things. I want to just lay it out on the table once we're there and kind of see what happens once that, once, once, once that happens. You know, it's um, everything that has been planned so far, whether it's been at the anniversary show, meeting up at the place where we used to train to kind of settle this once for all, only for uh, Dutch to throw me off a balcony, um, If you know, showing up at final battle, thinking the OGK was going to finally settle this with the righteous only to watch Mike Bennett get his leg hobbled even to, you know, 2019's final battle thinking that I'll get some revenge on, on the guy who just sliced me across the head with an axe only to get my own ankle hobbled and, and have to get surgery. You know, nothing has gone to plan when, um, when everything's out there on the table. So at this point, it's just, uh, show up and, uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can settle this.
0: Seems like such a storied history with you guys, like you said, over two years, but really, really, way longer than that. Friends forever. What, what's going on with this guy? What's what, what is his real issue, problem? Jealousy? What's the real problem with him?
1: I mean, you would think it's jealousy. You would think it's trying to use what I've accomplished to to get himself to the next level. I mean, you know, you read off all those accomplishments when we first. Got on the uh, interview here, and and to think that someone would want to take those away from me. I mean, obviously, you're going to always have your your detractors and your critics and stuff. But the people who are in there, who are close to you, who have seen the sacrifices, who know what you have been through, who have watched you, you know, come back from surgeries, who have watched you tape your ankle together when it was falling off, who have watched you take all these bumps and bruises, all this time that it took to to finally accomplish these goals and uh now they want now they want that for themselves and they see you as that stepping stone to get there they see what you've done and instead of resting on their own laurels and their own hard work and getting there the the correct way they want to use me as a launching pad um to get themselves there and uh, I think that's how I think that's what it is um, to be honest, I, I kind of question everything. I thought I knew this guy very well. I, I was friends with him since, the, honestly, the beginning, since the first days I got into independent wrestling, since I was just dipping my toes in the water trying to figure out if this is what I want to do. I, I met Vinny very early in that process, and, and we've been as thick as thieves ever since. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you immediately think, oh, is this – is this guy jealous of me because of everything that I I have done while he's been standing there? Does he want to tear me down? But I I think it's, it's more than that. I think it's, it's he wants to paste his head on all of Matt Taven's pictures of him holding all those, those titles that you mentioned at the beginning. Um, I think Vinny sees himself in that spotlight. And like I said, he thinks that to get there, he has to use me, uh, which is something that uh, is it's hard because uh, I, I know this person so well. I've <laughs> I've sacrificed so much for him. I've helped him out in so many ways. You know, we we're on a personal level where we spend holidays with each other's families and and know each other to a point where you would think that something like this would never happen, but here we are after hobblings, home invasions, being cut with an axe, being. Uh, seeing my friends get jumped, you know, it's just it, it's it's gotten to the point where you you look back at everything that you thought you knew about this person, and and you got to say, I, I guess I didn't know any of that. I guess everything that I thought I was, you know, sharing with this person or getting closer, that was all fake. That was all just a, a ruse to eventually t- wait until the time was right to plunge the knife in my back, and so that's something that I've I've lived with for a long time here and and I think that uh, I'm obviously ready to to move on from this whole situation I've been ready to move on from this whole situation and every time I think I'm going to the righteous return so it's it's one of those things at this point where it it just seems like something drastic has to happen for this to finally end
0: not that it's weird, because I think that's a, a word people throw around there too much, but his attitude, the way he acts, the righteous, does that all just come as like a, a shock to you? Just the, the character itself is so different, it's so out there. And like you said, it's not the guy you were you're used to, or, or the guy that we've seen earlier in, in Ring of Honor, or earlier with the kingdom, or earlier with you in TK. Uh,
1: I think yes and no. You know, it's... it's yes in the part where you're like oh i never saw this coming i've always you know knew vincent but then you can go back and you can pick up on all these little things and there were obviously things that connected us in the first place you know our love for for horror movies our love for the macabre and and even if you would you know go to the our instagrams or social medias when we're on the road together we'd be going to all these crazy places you know there's this is a scene where, where this murder happened or this mystery happened. And it was just, it was something that was always kind of a, an interest of ours, but it was never, I never thought it would kind of encapsulate everything that Vinny is to this point. So it's, it's yes and no. It's one of those. And it's almost like how we got here in the first place. Like you think that this would never happen. And then you go back and you think of these little things that happened and you're like, huh, maybe that was always the same guy in the first place. Maybe I was wrong um, by, by assuming that this wasn't him. And as we went along with the kingdom in the, the later stages of um, the kingdom, you obviously saw a, a dramatic shift in Vinny um, in the way he dressed, and the way he acted. And, you know, behind the scenes, he was still very much – our friend and, and the Vinny that we knew but you just saw kind of saw this this change coming out more and more uh to the point where now it's it's a guy that I can barely recognize you know I like I said I look back at the pictures of us from back in the day and it's it's almost a completely different person
0: with him like you said it. Old school, in a sense, where the feud is going on for a long period of time, basically two years. I mean, the friendship goes back way longer, but the betrayal and the feud has been going on that long. It's kind of refreshing in in a certain aspect, because I like that when the old school guys, they feud for extended periods. I mean, Macho and and Flair feuded for a year, if you just even think back 20 years ago or 25 years ago, WCW. I kind of like those longer feuds.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't think it was anything necessarily, you know, thought out at at the beginning by either one of us that this would take this long. I I personally thought it would, I hoped that it would be over quickly, but, you know, to think of everything that we've gone through, I mean, this guy broke into my house during the pandemic. I returned to Ring of Honor after two surgeries and, and I finally get some sort of revenge on him only to have this guy pull out the purple ladder that won me the world title and, and you know, smash me across the head with it. And then, you know, my best friend Mike Bennett returns after five years and, and, and here's Vinny trying to screw that up. It's, it's been one of those things where it has been, it, it, it seems like forever in my mind. At the same time, it, it's, it's been so constantly on my mind that it, it's also seemed like no time at all. Um, when when people kind of bring up how long this has been going on, it's it almost kind of catches me off guard. It's like, man, I've I've literally spent the last two years of my life trying to get past this moment. And uh, as much as I'm sure as a, the wrestling fan in me thinks that's great, uh, the you know the the person who Matt Taven is and the person who wants to get back to being Ring of Honor World Champion is is sick of this thing. More than you could ever believe. So, I, you know, I grew up like I said, being one of those guys that loved seeing the guys work their way up the system. I loved watching, you know, disagreements have to take forever to be settled. But at this point, when you're in it, it's a, it's a lot different uh, of a story, and um, it almost seems at this point like what else could happen? You know what what else could happen? I've I could sit here and list all the things that that have happened in the past two years, and it's almost makes you it almost you know makes you sick thinking of of every single thing that that I've gone through with with this guy. Um, so it's it's so much different being involved in it than, uh, than kind of seeing it from afar because it's it's in, consumed my life. And uh, I, I think I'm I'm more than ready to be done with it. I just kind of it feels like I have to force Vinny uh, to realize that this
0: is over. Well, you mentioned Mike Bennett returning. What did you think about that return? Kind of the original Kingdom, the OGK, Maria, Mike. I mean, his return it was pretty crazy after five years of being gone from Ring of Honor. Him being such a staple there and really made his name in ROH.
1: Yeah, and, and it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, you know, you're, you're not able to do the things that you obviously want to do uh, as far as wrestling in front of a crowd. But to think, you know, we're finally getting back to being in front of a live crowd and the Ring of Honor crowd who has always been just, just – unbelievably uh, motivating and supporting and the atmosphere that is inside one of those buildings and the energy that you get from that crowd it's just it's second to none and to think like i returned uh, and mike bennett returned and the ogk got back together for five years and all that happened without a crowd being there is it, it, you know it, it's one of those things where you're so happy and it, you're pumped to that uh this has finally happened at the same time. You're like, Oh man, I wish I could have felt that energy of hearing that live crowd when, you know, Mike Bennett finally returned. And I I think that's why this upcoming week's pay-per-view is just so important because ring of honor, in my opinion, has had the best product since the pandemic bar none, you know, from, from the pure tournament um, to just the, the way that the product is, um, is presented uh these days i i just think that it's the best wrestling that you can find and it's been missing one key ingredient and that's that's that ring of honor fan base that's that ring of honor crowd that's the you know the guys and the girls smashing on those barricades or, or chanting as the the matches are going on um so for me personally it's like i'm i'm cannot be happier that Mike and Marie are back in Ring of Honor. They're finally home. They're in a secure place after everything that they've been through. And now I'm just waiting for the OGK to come out and wrestle together in front of a crowd. And it's it's almost like, you know, like, you know, the gifts you're getting for Christmas. You just haven't been able to open them yet. You know, you Mm snuck into your parents' closet and you saw everything you were getting months in advance. But you've just been waiting to actually kind of show your friends what you got, or, uh, or or play with them with your friends, and and it's it's finally coming uh, to fruition. Uh, not necessarily the way I thought it would with the first pay per view. Mike, you know, has a chance of winning the pure title, and and um, and me kind of not not really sure what's going to happen uh, uh, on Sunday, but I, I'm I'm hoping that in the near future that the OGK can can be back together, teaming in front of a live crowd.
0: Yeah, it's got to be pretty cool to get back in front of the crowd after not wrestling in front of a crowd for over a year. Just kind of that weird thing. I know it's going to be in Baltimore at the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. used to be the uh, UMBC there, which you guys are very, very familiar with. But it's going to be yeah. totally, totally different with, with fans. I mean, it's it could be a good presentation, like you said. It could be cool and have all this good stuff, but without the fans, it's that missing ingredient for sure.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. You know, like the UMBC Arena, the Chesa- Chesapeake Insurance Energy insur I forget what they just named, renamed it, but uh, it's been our home, you know, and it's, its they've really, you know, Ring of Honor has done so much to make sure that the talent has been taken care of and just has been protected and that safety first was always uh, the, the the top priority for everyone at Sinclair and Ring of Honor uh, when it came to the pandemic, and we we've been able to to make uh, Baltimore really our our hub and our home. And when we're in the bubble and we're you know doing the TV tapings, we're able to go to the UMBC uh, center, and it's just kind of like our our little spot, our home away from home. Um, but I, I have to admit, you know, it's it's a big building, and it gets cavernous in there when you know what that building feels like when the Ring of Honor fans in there. Um, and how different it feels to hit that mat oof, and not hear any reaction, man, it it makes you not want to get back up at times. So, uh, I'm definitely ready for, for Baltimore to be rocking, uh, for the, the fans that, you know, we've been in Baltimore and and me personally, I I really, I kind of had the match that got me signed, uh, to ring of honor in, in Baltimore, um, just doing underneath stuff as a guy that was just looking to get noticed, you know, and, and Baltimore was chanting my name one night and it kind of turned everything around for me. And um, I've been extremely grateful to the city ever since, but um, it's, it's going to be quite the night on Sunday because all those years of wrestling in Baltimore, you end up seeing all these same familiar faces and all these people that you recognize in the crowd and to finally be able to look around and see those faces and to hear them scream and yell and and to see the best wrestling on the planet and all these guys that have been busting their ass for for the last 2 years uh just waiting to to do it in in front of a crowd it's going to be like a it's it's going to be a night to remember obviously but it, for for all the guys it's going to be almost like you know, we, we, we made it. We made it out the other end. You know, we finally got to the light at the end of the tunnel here. And um, we're, we're just excited to be back in front of all the people that have made Ring of Honor special for years.
0: That's a weird question, but is it hurt more because the crowd's not there? Because sometimes the crowd's there, it can kind of push you through with the adrenaline and, and you know, you get everything That's pumping. But when percent. Right? is it hurt more when there's no crowd?
1: Uh, oh, my God. Oh my goodness. I feel like I got hit by a car every time I come out of a match with there there's no crowd just because it's you know that adrenaline as much as you can you know psych yourself up and and get out there and and play a good game it's not like when there's people screaming and cheering you on or booing you or just getting your blood pumping I mean it's even like you no know, you can go and play basketball in an empty court but if there was people around watching you, it just kind of turns your game up a, a tiny bit. It just gets your energy going, makes, pushes you a little bit harder. Uh, but like I said, you whew, sometimes you hit that mat, and it's just like stud. And you, there's no cheers or boos afterwards. And you just question, like, maybe I'll just lie here forever at this point. Like, I, I don't think I can get up anymore. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to be easier on us. Because you know once once that adrenaline starts pumping, you feel like Superman out there sometimes, so I, I kind of need that because not having a crowd there has definitely been more like kryptonite but uh, i I think I would assume that almost everyone else feels the same way you know there there's absolutely nothing like a passionate crowd um, that just it gets your blood but you know when you hear them before you even walk through the curtain, you know you hear the other matches or they they react to your music and then all of a sudden hear you're coming out it's just a different i'm getting excited just thinking about that i've missed that feeling so much that um it's it's going to be hard to kind of contain the the smile on everyone's faces when they finally hear that crowd roar again
0: and roh traditionally has some great crowds like i mentioned before they usually get pretty into it
1: yeah yeah you know in baltimore especially it's kind of become our home um, our home base definitely. And uh, you know, one of our last show my last show in front of a live crowd happened in Baltimore. So it's it's uh it's kinda of full circle. It's almost like all right, let's start this again and we'll start right from the beginning here. So, you know, we start in Baltimore and then off to Philly, which has always been a crazy crowd for us, and then we're we're back at it. So um, I, this is just going to be the beginning and I, I think it's just going to be a good way for anyone that hasn't been paying attention during the pandemic. You know, our interests have been all over the place during these crazy times, but anyone that hasn't maybe let ring of honor slip under their radar. I would even say, go back and watch everything you can't, you, you can go back and watch everything on the honor club right now, but I'd go back and watch everything and get ready for this pay-per-view because for the last 18 months, I, I don't think there's a better wrestling product on the planet. Like I said, than ring of honor. But um what I what I know this show is gonna be I mean you just look at the card and top to bottom it's stacked. And what I know, you know, all the guys are amped up for the show and what they're gonna to bring to the table and what they're gonna to bring to the live audience is gonna be something special. So I I would I would go back and, and kinda of binge watch some Ring of Honor and prepare for the Sunday.
0: Maybe go back and watch uh, that MSG show we Went back in 2019 that, that uh, sold out Madison Square Garden, which is nuts to think about. I mean, and, and obviously you had a, a huge moment there. But just even thinking, like, that's a WBF stronghold for 60 years at least, you know, and, and to have – Ring of Honor, go in there with New Japan and sell it out and you to have that moment. I mean, just even thinking of, of the crowd that was there is crazy for an, a non-quote-unquote non-WWE show at MSG. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in, in New England, and uh, I grew up obviously in the Northeast, uh, a WWE stronghold. And uh, as much as the Boston Garden has always kind of been my personal mecca, you know, the the wrestling world has always revolved around MSG. And uh, I can clearly remember, you know, we talked about Bret Hart winning the intercontinental title. I can clearly remember imitating that, you know, as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, in my parents' living room being like, and Matt Taven has won the title in Madison Square Garden. And just to think that one day, that that would actually happen, and I, I mean, there's so much of that day and of that whole weekend that is just like it's like a movie to me. And even the match alone, like I, I kind of remember the match more uh, from watching it than from my like own memories, because my memories of that day are so uh, and they're so like blurred and they're they're jumbled together. Like it's it's it was such a uh, overwhelming day. I would say, you know, I, I walked into Madison square garden for the first time. i had never been there for anything else. And I walked into Madison square garden and, um, they were going over the lighting rigs. And I look up at that, that world famous ceiling and there's ring of honor logos everywhere. And, uh, then they were working on the lights and they turned the whole ceiling purple for working on my entrance stuff. And I was like, wow, like this is it. It's, it's, we're here, you know, and, and for it to, to win the world title inside Madison square garden, I still like saying it right now. It doesn't seem real at times, you know, it's, it's such a, a a dream come true and such like a a fantasy that I've had since, uh, you know, I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. So it's such a fantasy that I've had my entire life that I still almost like think about it in a way that's, that's almost unreal. You know what I mean? It's almost unreal to me. It's almost like a movie that I watched. Um, so I will always, always kind of look at it as like this moment in time that defined my career, maybe even defined my life. And, and, you know, I'm going to always be kind of chasing the dragon to outdo that moment or to redo that moment um but for for a kid who grew up in New England a lifelong wrestling fan watching all his his favorites come and go through Madison Square Garden to finally step not only step foot in that arena but to win the world title in there it's uh, you know if i if i ended everything today i i could hang my my hat on a pretty good career just on that
0: moment alone Yeah, that's unbelievable when you think about it. You being a Northeast guy, I know more of, Obviously, you said, Boston Garden was kind of your mecca, but MSG is is the place. I mean, me being a New Jersey guy, go to MSG a bunch. I was at WrestleMania 10, uh, another great uh, Bret Hart Mm -hmm. moment. I mean, so MSG is awesome to me, and to be able to do that and not be a quote-unquote WWE show and sell it out and have the crowd go nuts, like, that's just unbelievable to win the coveted Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title in MSG.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that um, <laughs> you know. It's funny because I, I have this plaque in my office uh, from MSG, and every day I kind of look look at walk by it and I look at it, and it's like, wow, that really happened. And uh, you know, when when you you know, people say sometimes you have to stop and smell the roses. Man, that is a good rose to stop and smell every once in a while. I'll tell you that much
0: oh yeah i could see that you still think like wow like i can never be able to top that you know msg winning the world title there's no way to uh top something like that
1: no i mean you could always do it again you know and there's uh then there's there's other places that i still never wrestled in the tokyo dome yet i've always wanted to do that as well and there's just other places all over the world you know i've checked off arena mexico i've checked off madison square garden i that doesn't mean that i wouldn't you know, work my, my butt off to make sure that I got there again, because like we said about, you know, that feeling of missing having crowds there and how it's just so different, not having crowds there and that, that chasing that feeling of, of those moments will, will get me, you know, will motivate me out of bed to to work out even when my body doesn't feel good. It's kind of just chasing those moments in time and wanting them to happen again will always kind of be the goal that pushes you. But um, you know, if I thought I was done, if I thought there was no topping that, that I, I don't know if I could, if I could continue doing what we do because it's a it's a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a labor of love with with a lot of um, ups and downs and, and 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 bumps and bruises to tell you that much and. You know, we talked about earlier how, the things, how different everything feels when there's just not a crowd there to kind of motivate you and, and to keep on going. Um, so if I, if I thought that, that, that I, I am on the back nine, as they say, uh, I, I probably wouldn't be able to, to kind of do the things that I have been doing, especially
0: recently uh, during the pandemic. Man, uh, just uh, what a moment, though, the MSG win in the world title. Crowd was definitely uh, shocked. You know, they they didn't know uh, what to expect, but a pretty damn cool moment. Like you said, that purple ladder, we, we, we would see that again.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because you have to explain to, to people, you know, like my my mom gets wrestling at this point, but when I growing up, she never understood my, my love for wrestling, so she's, She's not a, a wrestling fan, per se. And to have to explain to her, like, you know, with, when a sold-out Madison Square Garden is chanting, F um, that's not a bad thing. That's, like, the best thing to ever happen to me. Right. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, a, for me personally, you know, some people might watch it. I'm sure my grandfather would watch it and be pissed. Like, hey, why is everyone so, you know, uh Saying all this mean stuff to to my grandson, but I'm like, no, Papa, that's what I wanted. This is like exactly what I wanted, and and those booze are basically cheers for me. So to, for for that to happen and a sold out MSG again, like I, I'll be grateful for that forever, and and I'll, I'll be chasing the dragon of that moment forever as well.
0: yeah You gotta explain it. Bad guy is good to get booed. I'm a quote unquote heel. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta explain that to them, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you know, you know, my grandfather, no matter what, I can go out there and I'll I'll you know, say the worst thing to these people right to their faces and he'll still think that they should cheer me. So it's it's tough to explain it to them. Uh <laughs> but uh, at the same time it's it's just one of those things that um I just know personally as a as a guy who's like I said, been a wrestling fan my entire life, there's really no better feeling than than hearing those boos <laughs> as a heel or, or the cheers as a face. and uh, again to do it while winning the world title, it's it's just it, it's still you know still thinking about it now and, and talking about it now, it just it doesn't seem real at times.
0: It's just interesting t- for me as a fan of Ring, I, Ring of Honor for years to kind of see your growth and the development, like starting and winning the top prospect tournament back in thirteen, and and obviously winning the title in nineteen. But I remember back in 2014 being at the MCU baseball um, arena and, or the baseball stadium and and seeing you and Jay Lethal in the cage match. And I almost thought like that was a a little bit of your, I know you didn't win that match, but it's still a little bit of a coming out part. I was kind of like, wow, this guy, you know, now he's definitely on the radar of fans going after the TV title at that point. But still, that was like kind of what we were saying before. Brett wins the IC title or he's going for the IC title. You see them climbing that ladder.
1: Mm. And, uh, You know, that's just one of those things where. Hold on one second. Sorry to get a little bit of water there. Um, It's just one of those things where, you know, I came in, I won the top top prospect tournament and won the television title pretty quickly. And I think especially ring of honor fans are, are are very much like how we talked about. They want to see that guy kind of come up the ladder, how to kind of, you know, take their bumps and, and keep on going. So You know, a lot of Ring of Honor fans very much did not want me to to win that that television title right away. You know, in a shocking victory over Adam Cole there. Uh, But by the time me and Lethal were in the cage, I think I proved a lot to a lot of those people. Like, oh, this this is what it was. This is what it was all about. And uh, I, I, you know, as as much as I would have wanted wanted to win that match, I think you you earn a lot. You gain a lot from. Losses and big moments like that, and um, to be the last cage match that has happened so far in Ring of Honor, it's just a—it's another memorable moment. It's—it's weird. There's all these things that have happened in my career, and and not until kind of people bring them up and they're like, you know, that's the last cage match that happened in Ring of Honor. You know, you won the 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 Ring of Honor World Title at MSG. You know, you see, you did the anniversary show in a sold out arena, Mexico. It's not until people kind of start bringing these up and you're like, man, that, uh, that has happened. Um, and I did do that, but, uh, you know, and at the same time, it's like me and Jay Lethal, there we are again at MSG together. And, uh, in the steel cage out at, uh, MCU park, uh, together. It's, uh, it's funny how, how our careers have been so intertwined. You know, if, if it wasn't for all this Vincent stuff recently, there would be no doubt that my greatest rival in, in my career has been Jay Lethal.
0: Yeah, if you think about how many times you fought and and even go from the TV title and then the uh, 17th anniversary show, just even think about that. You have that 60 minute time limit draw with him and obviously the MSG moment. Yeah, it feels like you guys have those paths of kind of not coming up together. I mean, he was there well before you, but still it's like one of those things where it's like converging paths and they're both headed upward and they boom. It's like two track or two trains on a track and they're both heading the same direction and boom, they nail it, you know, on the collision course.
1: And and oddly enough, those tracks have have hit each. Someone's got to fix these tracks because these trains have hit each other a lot of times, you know. We've and and in so many different situations: the steel cage, Master square, television title, world title, sixty-minute draws. Like, man, I've been through it all with Jay Lethal, and uh, honestly, you, you couldn't really ask for a better dance partner. As much as you know, he's been my greatest rival in Ring of Honor. I, I I'm unbelievably grateful for the time that I've been able to be in the ring with him because like you said, Jay was definitely established before me and he lifted me to a level um, to a level that, that I wasn't at yet, you know? And he continued he always continued to kind of push me uh, to to get better and to to, to come up to Jay's level. And uh, there's no match that I think it, I'm more proud of in my career. And, and usually people will think that I'm going to bring up MSG, but the the Vegas sixty minute uh, draw, uh, it, without a doubt, is my the proudest I've been of any match in my career. And and I think it's my favorite match of all time because I, there's no way that MSG happens without that match. Happening, You know what I mean? If if I go to Vegas and I just, you know, really kind of poop the bed and have a stinker out there, there's no way I go to MSG uh, and become world champion. So to me, my favorite match of all time uh, in my career of mine, I should say, uh, it would be pretty egotistical to just be like, you know, my favorite match of all time is me. Uh, (laughs) But my own match of all time is, is without a doubt that Vegas, 60 minute draw, you know, it it really not only proved to people that I could, that I was main event material ready for the world title, but I proved to myself that I could hang with a guy like Jay Lepo for 60 minutes on pay-per-view and have the people literally standing the entire back half of that match. The last five, 10 minutes of that match is absolutely on fire. And, um, and that's, that's really a testament to not only Jay, but you know, kind of myself of, of being like, this is your mom. I swam that night.
0: Yeah, it's One of those things where it's like, wow, 60 minutes kept it, you know, kept a, the um, great wrestling level up the whole time the crowd was into it. And kind of an old school thing like, wow, 60 minute time on the draw. And ROH does that kind of perfectly with the, mixing the old school in with the new school, but nailing it.
1: Definitely. I mean, and that's, you know, we talked about this from the beginning. It's a common thread throughout my career. I grew up, a, a, and I still am, a giant wrestling fan, obviously. And uh, to see kind of yourself do the things that you always admire, You know, I always thought of Ric Flair going 60 minutes and having these crazy matches, Brett and Sean at WrestleMania doing this. Thing. And to, like, see yourself on on that stage doing the same thing it's it's very much a kind of if there's ever a time to pat yourself on the back it's it's after moments like that when you're like man that's that's kind of how exactly you pictured it going as a kid and and you did it you know you really did it
0: with uh, Jay Lethal obviously there's probably some uh, some unfinished business there but you know you got to get through Vinny first and we're kind of talking about you know the the history just with uh, Vinny but what's going on with uh, TK I know obviously he's kind of stepped away from wrestling TK Orion is he retired is I know he had some concussions he had some leg injuries is he gone from the wrestling business
1: Well I'm not TK Orion so I can't answer that question uh, I just know that You know, he took some time after uh, a couple of injuries and then the pandemic happened and, and, you know, it's kind of a crazy time for everyone. But, uh, you know, I I, I honestly don't know. That would be a question you'd have to ask him. All
0: right. With the kingdom itself, though, just thinking of the history of it, you kind of have to uh, take the reins of it. And obviously, when Vinny and TK were there, you guys, six man champs. It's almost like a, a little bit of an old school thing again for you, right? Like becoming the "quote unquote" work flyer, become the leader of a faction or the leader of a group. Was that uh, something to, to you that was so special? Because it's like you're, you're taking the the mantle, you're taking uh, the reins of the kingdom over.
1: I mean, without a doubt, it was always something that uh, where were in, you know, my my mind was in the back of my mind, and you know, you see throughout the years, people kind of develop in these groups and then they break out as the star or, or, or whatever the case may be. And that was always the plan that I had in the back of my mind. You know, when I was first approached by Cole and uh, Mike and Maria about joining the kingdom, I remember thinking like, huh, is this something that I want to do? Because, I mean, the three of them were my closest friends. We're already traveling on the road together. We're already spending all of our time together as it was. But there was definitely a concern of mine of, of you know, it, it, am I just going to be in the shadow of, of Adam Cole or of Mike Bennett or Maria or whatever? And uh, I always kind of thought like, no, because I'm i confident in, in what I was doing enough that I knew eventually one day I would take over the, the reins of the kingdom. And it was really... I know adam kind of talked to me one time uh, after me and mike went to japan and we had won the tag titles and i cut this promo about how you know winners go home and winners go home and they bang the prom queen and i'll be home soon and uh, I, I remember cutting that promo almost thinking as like a as just like an f you to anyone that ever doubted me and cole was like that's 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 it like that's you as the leader of this group is that guy right there who i saw you know, talking in Japan. And I was like, dude, I was just messing around. I was just pissed and, and kind of like just talking, talking nonsense. And he was like, no, but that's it. Like, that's, that's the person that I know you are when you're mad. And I know you are when you're trying, when you have something to prove. And he's like, and that's the person that's going to be the top guy here one day. And it's funny because me and Cole very much had similar career. Like we knew each other, um man we i think we started like a month apart from one another and we kept running into each other at all these like little camps and seminars for new guys and stuff and as much as we are very much peers in the same age you know Cole had gotten to uh, uh the Ring of Honor world title way earlier than me and i remember him saying that to me and and kind of I was like you know what That's, I i just kind of have to be me uh, you know i i i have a voice and i have a lot that I I want to say, I just got to start saying it. Like, who cares? Uh, Who cares whose feelings I I hurt in in the process? And then, you know, coming back from a major surgery, like uh, a complete ACL repair, and, you know, I I had also ruptured my meniscus. I tore my other meniscus. My It was a nightmare. But coming back from that injury, you kind of have this thought of, like, what's the worst that can happen now? Like I've come back from probably the worst injury you can have in wrestling that you can come back from. And I have this chip on my shoulder and I have nothing to lose at this point. And I really came back with just a vengeance. i came back with that, that mindset that me and Adam had talked about of like, I'm just going to speak my mind. I don't give a crap who, who thinks what uh, about me or, or what kind of backlash I get from it. And trust me, I, I definitely ruffled some feathers here and there. I definitely made some people mad with some of the things I was saying, uh, even behind the scenes, but it's just, I I believed in what I was doing. I believed in myself and uh, I came back knowing that I wanted that top spot and I wanted to be the leader of the kingdom and and take those reins under, under my wing. Uh, And that's exactly what ended up happening. I mean, it definitely took a little bit for me to finally get to my own singles run that I was looking for. But the the kingdom coming back as a six-man trio and being the only three-time six-man champions and, you know, holding the belts as long as we did in our, our feud with the Bullet Club, I think speaks for itself. It's it's, it's something that I'm very proud of. Um, and, and, and another thing, just like an old school thing, like a, it's the six man belts. I used to love the NWA six man belts. I think a six man tag match is so exciting, and uh, to be one of those people that kind of brought that back and brought it back to Ring of Honor, especially. Um, obviously, my career in Mexico was was very just was a very much a, a high point. Especially, it led me to a lot of things in the future, and to bring like a lucha libre six man style back to Ring of Honor. Uh, it's something I'm very proud of. So I love that time as being the six-man tag champions. The only townfall of the whole thing is that now I go back and I look at all those pictures of us together and our celebrations, man, I, we won the six-man titles one time in, in my hometown in front of my grandpa, sitting like in front row, but there's Vinny standing next to me the entire time. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's this guy who I know now is eventually going to stab me in the back, enjoying all these, All the fruits of my labor uh, the entire time, so it's it's definitely something I'm extremely proud of. But right now, it just kind of, I I just kind of have like a a sour feeling when I think about it because
0: of what eventually happens between Vinny and I. Yeah, it's a little bit sour, you know, a little bittersweet uh, looking back, uh, knowing what's what's going to happen. But definitely uh, some cool moments. You're right, another old school thing: the six man tag. Definitely an old-school flavor. Not everybody could pull that off. Ring of Honor are able to pull that off, and obviously you have to have enough six-man teams to do it, and ROH definitely does.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, you know, ROH has such an – and I, this is going to be something that is going to be very apparent as soon as we're back in front of live crowds. Right now, the ROH roster is so jam-packed, and it's got so many great guys in it, guys coming up like Dak Draper and Eli Isom, who are the future. You know, obviously there's still the Briscoes, myself, Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal. There's the Banditos of the world, the Ruches, the Flamitas, all the Ray Horace, Dragon Lee, all the guys coming from from, um, from Mexico. And, and, I mean, I'm barely touching the surface of the roster, but we, we still haven't even got the U.K. and the Australian guys back. You know, Slex and Adam Brooks and Mark Haskins and Joe Henry – I mean, this roster is just jam packed, and uh, you know, a lot of times those six man belts can really kind of, in a in a in a congested roster like this is because there's just so much talent. A lot of times those six man matches and those six man belts can really elevate someone and, and show a guy like right now, Shane Taylor Promotions, SOS being part of the six man tag champions. I think that's a great spot for them because they are without a doubt one of the best future teams in Ring of Honor, and uh, they're going to really be able to showcase that being in that six-man division um, with the roster being so stacked as it is.
0: Yeah, and Shane Taylor seems to be one of those guys that might break through. I mean, he's kind of broken through, but I mean, like, world title, and and he definitely seems one of the, the next shining stars of ROH, which everyone always looks to ROH like, who's going to be the next guy? They're probably going to be plucked from ROH, whether it be, you know, Samoa Joe or AJ was there and all these guys that came through the ranks.
1: Yeah, well, those plucking days are gone. Hmm. Uh, you know, Ring of Honor, we're we're we've built like a a roster of guys that are are going to be here for the long run, and uh, I think that this is we're we're building something very special. Um, obviously, our plans kind of, like I said, like everyone's plans, were definitely foiled a little bit with um, the pandemic, but um, we're ready to get back at it, and we're we, you know that moniker of being the best in the world. You know, a lot of people throw out some stupid taglines or this or that, but we truly believe that we are the best wrestling on the planet, and that starts from back in the day when a lot of that talent was being poached from uh, to certain places from to here or there, because they were seeing that this was the best wrestling on the planet, and they were the people were trying to take from that pot. And uh, now I think, you know, we really have this crew of guys that. We, we all really believe in in the letters we believe in the product and we want to make this place the place to be and uh, that starts with the Sunday
0: it's going to be a huge show um, as we kind of head towards the wind down head towards the finished best in the world is going to be huge but what do you kind of think of, of yourself like let's just say in a few years from now what do you think of the, your landscape where you're going to be and, and the ring of honor landscape as far as wrestling
1: uh, you know, the wrestling landscape, uh, you know, it's it's funny because, like, uh, in college, they tell you, like, make a five-year plan. Now make a 10-year plan. Right. And write those goals down and then check them in a couple of years and see if you're close to those goals. Well, if you do that in wrestling, you're kind of a fool because within five and especially 10 years, the entire landscape of wrestling can dramatically change. So I I always think of like, you know, you make a plan and then you kind of you you kind of plan for that plan not to happen, if that makes sense. Like you have this idea in the back of your mind, but you can't set that in stone because you have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, look at the amount of companies that are going on right now and doing well. No one thought that that was going to happen. No one thought that these places were going to be. So vibrant, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. It's like, you know, the AEWs of the world just came out of nowhere. Um, Sinclair Broadcasting buying Ring of Honor, that happens, you know, within the last 10 years, no one thought that would happen. TNA now being impact owned by different people. No one thought MLW coming back. You know what I mean? It's like all these different branches in WWE, they have all these, you know, 205 and, and NXT UK. You know, none of the stuff necessarily people knew was going to happen five, 10 years ago. So you really can't necessarily plan for anything in the wrestling world. What you really have to do is always kind of figure out how to make yourself the best wrestler you can be. And um, I I personally did that by trying to go as many places as possible and, and learning all the different styles that I could and learning from all these, these places. And I think that to kind of continue the growth that I've always been on, I need to continue to do the same thing. I need to continue to get out there more, uh, to, to go to all these different countries, and to, to try to succeed as much as humanly possible everywhere I go. And it's been something that I've been able to do so far, whether winning titles in New Japan or CMLL, uh, but it's something that I have to continue to push myself to do in the future. As far as you know, where what my goals are in the next five years, I want to be Ring of Honor World Champion again. You know, I want to be Ring of Honor World Champion again. I want me and Mike Bennett to be Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions again. I feel like doing those two things will definitely kind of make me feel like I've come full circle uh, um, in in a couple different
0: aspects. But
1: besides that, you know, you really can't plan for too much in the wrestling world besides just being the best wrestler you possibly can be.
0: You guys may owe the foundation one, right? I mean, they, uh, they did beat you a few months ago to retain the tag titles. You guys owe them one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, and going in there with, a, with the bum ankle didn't help the situation at all. It's just, a another thing that, um, Vincent has tried to take away from me, you know, after, after all this time, me and me and Mike, we kind of, you know, we ended at such a sour note, you know, I blew all my ACL and we lost the tag titles in the same night. It was also like Mike's last weekend ring of honor, was like a world's win of just bad news. And, um, uh, We wanted to kind of rewrite that whole thing and kind of get all those those bad things that happened to us, almost get them back. You know what I mean? Take them back and kind of rewrite them for our own. But of course, uh, it wasn't meant to be because because of Vincent.
0: Yeah, and uh, give us one last kind of push of why everybody should watch Best in the World and and what they can not give away anything, but what what they can expect uh, from you. Maybe some unpredictability coming from you.
1: Well, for me personally, um, if you've seen anything that has happened between Vincent and I over the past two years, uh, I'm going to hope that there's some sort of conclusion that comes from everything, uh, either Sunday in the pay-per-view or in the near future. I- I'm coming in there with the plan of, of putting this thing behind me for the most part. And, um, you know, as, as I say, all good plans. You know, they especially in the wrestling world, man, they're meant to be foiled. So I, I I'm I come in there with that plan, like I said, but I at the same time I come in there with no plan at all because I, I, I don't know I just don't know at this point. What I do know is as a wrestling fan, the, the rest of the mat, the rest of the the card itself is unbelievable. You know, Bandito and Rouge, Jonathan Gresham, Mike Bennett. Um, Dragon Lee, Tony Deppin I mean, Silas Young, Josh Woods. Geez, this 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 uh this this roster is so good, but this card is so stacked because all the good things that have been happening during the pandemic for Ring of Honor are going to kind of come to fruition on pay per view, and you're going to kind of see almost an exclamation point of the pandemic era of Ring of Honor uh this Sunday, and um, you know. For me personally, it's one of those things where not necessarily having a match in front of the live crowd definitely hurts, but uh, my impact will be felt one way or the other. There's no way that I would let Team Taven down, especially the Baltimore section of that, because they've always been there for me. So I plan on, without giving too much away, I plan on coming to, uh, to Baltimore and, and uh, making Team Taven pretty proud.
0: Nice, and got to mention this. Got to mention uh, Spike Dudley, who uh, you were trained by. He's got a pretty damn good resume. The 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 Mass Boys. I mean, he's got a nice string of guys up there.
1: Yeah, Spike Dudley is man. I owe him so much, and he just like I, I'll always say. Spike doesn't get anywhere near the credit that he deserves for his wrestling knowledge um, and just how, how much he's helped so many guys. Yeah, um, he's got the school up there, the Lockup Academy, which is still going. It's more under Ryan Drew, who's the assistant trainer under Spike. Um, but he's still got that going up there. And even still to this day, that school is doing so well, pumping out new guys. Um, Shannon uh, Thomas, Nico Silva, even guys that, you know, uh, trained under me that I sent over there, Waves and Curls. Uh, the American Sumo, Mike Gamble. There's just so many good guys. New England was on uh, this hotbed of wrestling. And I kind of always like described it as like, it was a pressure cooker. You know, there was so many good guys up there and only a certain amount of guys were going to make it out of there. So like, we, you really had to kind of be the best of the best to get noticed up there. And, you know, everyone in this little pressure cooker, they just, we ended up starting popping out, you know, diamonds and gems all over the place from, from the Bennett's myself, Warbeard Hanson, obviously Vincent came from, Vincent TK came from there, um, but just Tommaso, that whole New England area was just so on fire, and a lot of it had to do with Spike School, and uh, once all of us kind of branched out and got signed different places, there was almost a little bit of a vacuum in the, in the New England area. Um, you know, especially after like die and flip, man, there's so many guys that came out of there and that vacuum really kind of got sucked up. And right now, those guys that I mentioned, those guys and girls who are up there in New England are, 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 bringing it back to, um, the days of, of about 10 years ago when it was like the best area for the New England, for, uh, the independent scene in general. And I, I think New, New England's kind of getting back to that that pinnacle of uh, the independent wrestling scene right now
0: oh yeah used to be a big big hotbed up there for sure now before we let you go please give us all all the plugs and uh, where everybody can find you on social media well if you can spell
1: taven t-a-v-e-n you can find me anywhere uh matt taven on facebook and twitter the matt taven on instagram matt taven on pro wrestling tees uh, but like I said, ROHwrestling.com and the Honor Club is is probably your best bet to see what I'm up to. Um, but again, you know, if you can spell Taven, you can find me and I'll probably be on any platform that uh, you're, you're surfing that day. So T-A-V-E-N
0: and you'll find my smiling face nice and of course go to like you said rohwrestling.com go to the honor club and check out best in the world this sunday on pay-per-view from the chesapeake employers insurance arena formerly the umbc arena in baltimore maryland select tickets still available but it's going to be an awesome pay-per-view see it live or see it on pay-per-view matt thank you so much for all the time really appreciate it
1: thank you so that's the new name the chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: they couldn't have come up with anything simpler than that. All right, well I'll have to learn that then.
0: They <laughs> so could have made it a little easier, just or call it CEIA or I, I don't know also, something, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's like CEI Arena or something, you know, yeah. something. Chesapeake Employers Insurance. Okay,
0: yep, I'll have to
1: figure it out. I'll have to write that down. <laughs>
0: But thank you, Matt, uh, so much. Awesome stuff, and good luck at the pay-per-view on Sunday.
1: Thank you very much. It was lovely chatting with you, and uh, please, 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 everyone, uh, tune in to the pay-per-view this Sunday, and I hope you enjoy it as well.
0: This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two-Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube.